You are listening to the Auditory Entertainment's production of First Contact by Murray Leinster, originally adapted for the radio series X-1 by Howard Rodman, modified for podcast by Auditory Entertainments, performed by Miranda Johnson and Ryan Johnson. If you enjoy this performance, please subscribe, leave a comment, or a review. They had been in space six months now aboard the ship Vabon, moving with the incredible speed of the overdrive propulsion system. In six months, they had gone from the Earth, outward and outward, to the crab-like nebula with the twin stars. A routine flight of exploration and scientific research. Solid object. About 90,000 miles away, sir. Located, Dora. Exactly. Identify it. A small object, sir. Captain, I've never seen anything like this before. Whatever it is out there is coming toward us at an incredible speed and retreating to zero just as rapidly. What's the mass of the object, Dora? Well, it varies with the distance from us, sir. Step up the scanners. Nothing, sir. Absolutely nothing shows out there. And yet, there must be something. Those alarms are foolproof. Action stations. Man all weapons. Condition of extreme alert in all departments immediately. Captain, what is it? Dora, I ran into the same thing once on the Earth-Mars run. We were being located by another ship, and their locator beam was the same frequency as ours. Every time it hit, it registered as something solid and monstrous. Captain, we're the only Earth ship in 18 light years around. How... I didn't say it was another Earth ship out there, Dora. You mean another species? It must be. There's a spaceship out there, all right. But it's not manned by human beings. It's moving, sir. Heading right for us. It had been contemplated and speculated upon. Mathematically, it was almost a certainty that such a race existed. But in 18,000 Earth years, no human spaceship had ever encountered them. Now, the situation was precipitated. And somewhere outside the Earth vessel, there was an alien race. Of what shape? Of what quality? Of what psychology? There was a small shape in the mist. It was still far away. The object was a black shape, not polished to a mere reflection like the hull of the Vabon. It was bulbous, roughly pear-shaped. There was much thin luminosity between, and no details could be observed. But it was surely no natural object. The object is still approaching rapidly. At that speed, we'll be in touch in ten minutes. Heading right for us, huh? Just what we'd do if a strange ship appeared in our hunting grounds. Friendly? Well, maybe. We'll try to contact them. We have to do that. But friendly? Thank the Lord for the blasters. They may not be hostile, sir. Well, they may be. That's what I'm paid for, put on this job for. 
to worry about the troubles that may never happen. To all hands, now hear this. A ship is approaching, manned by an alien race. I'll give the signal for attack or defense, if it be necessary. There will be no move made unless I give the order. I do not wish to provoke trouble. Stand by. Their ship is slowing down, sir. The moment of actual approach was tenseness itself. The Vabon's needle-pointed bow aimed unwaveringly at the alien bulk. The captain instinctively reached for the key which would fire the blasters with maximum power. Dora watched, brow wrinkled. The aliens must be of a high degree of civilization if they had spaceships. And civilization does not develop without the development of foresight. These aliens must recognize all the implications of this first contact of two civilized species as fully as the humans aboard the Vabon. The possibility of an enormous spurt in the development of both, by peaceful contact and exchange of their separate technologies, would probably appeal to them as it does to us. A logical species would prefer commerce to conquest. Perhaps these aliens would also. If the alien ship now approaching returned to its home base with news of humanity's existence, and of ships like the Vabon, it would give its race the choice between trade or battle. But it takes two to make trade, and only one to make war. The only safety for either civilization would lie in the destruction of one, or both ships, here and now. The alien ship has stopped. Weapons Department, report. Alien ship remarked. Target fixed. Weapons alert. Communications Department, report. We're receiving a modulated short wave, sir. Frequency modulated. Apparently a signal. Not enough power to do us any harm. Well, try to make some sense out of it. Report any progress to me immediately. One thing in their favor, sir. They didn't attack immediately without question. They're trying to establish contact. That seems to indicate they're reasonable. Well... We'll see. What are they doing now? Can you make out the locator screen? They're doing something now, sir. There's a section of the hole opening. Probably an airlock, sir. If they breathe air. They're letting something out. Unknown object, released from alien ship. Observed by weapons department and targeted. Receiving more frequency modulated transmissions from the object, sir. Unintelligible. Captain, priority should be placed on decoding those transmissions. If they are trying to communicate, we need to know. Right now, our ability to react offensively is the priority. What are they doing now? They've left the object out there, right where they were, and now they're withdrawing the ship. There's no reason that object couldn't be a bomb, intended to let us think precisely as you're thinking right now. I just have a hunch, sir. I think they're friendly. I think whatever it is out there is a means of communication. You're probably right, but I won't gamble the ship on a probability. If they sent anything toward us, we may perceive it as a projectile or bomb. So they came close, let out the device, and went away again. 
They probably figure we can send a shuttle or person out to make contact without risking our ship. They must think pretty much like we do. Sir, I'd like to volunteer to go out there and look that thing over. You understand whoever does examine it is expendable. Yes, sir. Expendable. Very well. Requisition a shuttle. If it's all right with you, sir, I'd prefer just a suit with the drive in it. It's smaller, and the arms and legs won't make me look like a bomb. And I'll carry a scanner, sir. That's fine. Leave when you're ready. Thank you, sir. The alien ship continued to retreat until it was 400 miles back. It came to a stop and hung there, waiting. Climbing into her atomic-driven spacesuit, just within the Vabon's airlock, Dora heard the reports as they went over the speakers throughout the ship. I'm all ready. Clear the lock and let me out. Weapons department, reporting to the captain. Dora located. Dora is targeted. Dora swooped away from the silvery mirror of Avon, through a brightly glowing emptiness, which was past any previous experience of the human race. Behind her, the Vabon swung about and darted away. We're pulling back too, Dora. It's entirely possible that they have weapons capable of reaching us, even at the distance they've retreated to. Keep your scanner on the object. That reasoning is sound, Captain. Although, not very comforting. If that object out there is a device to capture one of our people for observation and questioning, it'll be blown out of existence. Including Mrs. Dora. Stand by. Dora swam in nothingness, 4,000 light years from home, toward a tiny black speck, the mysterious object deposited by the alien ship. It was a slightly distorted sphere, not much over six feet in diameter. It bounced away when Dora landed on it, feet first. There were small tentacles or horns which projected in every direction. Miss Dora, Miss Dora, report. I'm here. The object, as you can see on the scanner, sir, is covered with many small horns, like the detonating horns of the obsolete mines formerly used in naval warfare. Is that their purpose, do you assume, Miss Dora? No, sir. I don't think this is a mine or a weapon of any kind. The horns have an energy signature consistent with a signal amplifier. Circle it so we can see it completely through your scanner. Well, nothing to report that the scanner hasn't shown you. Oh, wait a minute, sir. I feel vibrations coming from within the object. A section of the outer hole seems to be opening. Do you see it? Yes, we do. Very good, Dora. Hold that. Confirm that you see a flat plate with red lights randomly lighting across it. Or at least they seem random. Affirmative. I'm sure it's a communications device, sir. Looks like it, but we can't be entirely sure. Fix your scanner so it'll focus on that lighted panel and just leave it. You, return to the ship. Yes, sir. Communications Department. 
Progress report, please. We've established communications, sir. Is there a psychologist on the team down there with you? Yes, sir. Burns is working with us. I need Burns and Dora to report to the bridge at once. We've established fairly satisfactory communications, sir. They seem to have highly developed thought patterns. We believe they communicate telepathically, but we've gotten satisfactory results from the mechanical decoder. We can say almost anything we want to say to each other now. Of course, how much of what they tell us is the truth, we have no way of knowing. Burns, you're the psychologist. What do you think? Well, I don't know, sir. They seem to be very calculated in what they express. They haven't let slip even a hint of the tension. They act as if they were setting up a means of communication for friendly conversation. Yeah. Well, Mr. Burns, I have a decision to make. On the one hand, opening contact with a friendly people of a vastly different culture could only be beneficial to us of Earth. On the other hand, if they're hostile, I ought to blast them out of existence without any other preliminaries. Oh, but sir, you can't. I'm not talking to you, Dora. It's not warranted yet, sir. Yes. I suppose so. Now hear this, all departments. The ship is on an extended alert. Provision will be made so that personnel can have maximum rest and nourishment. Communication continued by means of the artificial language set up arbitrarily between the Earthmen and the aliens, translated by the mechanical decoders. Dora disobeyed orders concerning the maximum rest and nourishment. She was living on powerful stimulants so that she could stay with the decoder, the communications machine, talking, talking, talking to the aliens. Other people. Other people. Are we being received? We are receiving your message. The chief of this ship wishes to speak with the chief of your ship. The message is heard by the chief of this ship. The chief of this ship communicates that he will hear the message of the chief of that ship. Go ahead, sir. People of the other ship, I'd like to say the appropriate things about this first contact of two dissimilar civilized races, and of my hopes that a friendly intercourse between the two peoples will result. People of that ship, what you say is all very well, but is there any way for us to let each other go home alive? I would be happy to hear of such a way, if you can contrive one. That's all, sir. They've stopped sending. Very direct people. Very direct. But, sir, I don't follow. Is there any way for us to let each other go home alive? What's that about? It means what it says, Dora. Sir, what's to stop us from just cutting communication and leaving? And they can do likewise. What's to stop us? Simply that whichever ship leaves first will be followed by the other. If they find Earth and get back to their own planet, and we don't know where that planet is, Earth will be completely at their mercy. If they leave first, we'll follow them. We'll attempt to find their home planet. Dora, 
Could you swear to any decision that the policymakers on Earth will come to? The one thing I won't risk is having them know how to find Earth. Either I know they can't follow me, or I don't go home. And they'll probably feel the same. Sir, even if they do follow us, the closer we get to home, the more of our ships and weapons they'll face. They'd never get away. Well, how do you know they can't communicate with their home planet without returning? We don't know, sir. How do they know that we can't? They don't know that either, sir. So that's the situation. We'll sit out here, facing each other, trying to outguess each other. Until time wears us out. And we'll have to face the fact. Either they destroy us, or we destroy them. Navigation officer, attention. Every star map on this ship is to be prepared for instant destruction. This includes photographs and diagrams from which our course, our starting point, could be determined. Make it fast and report when ready. Additionally, generate false star maps to store in the ship's computer. If they can access our databases remotely, they'll only get bad intel. The chief of this ship wishes to know whether the chief of that ship can suggest an answer to the problem concerning us both. Do you want me to answer that, sir? I'll answer it myself. I am giving that matter my personal attention. Every effort will be bent to the solution of this problem. Will you consider a temporary truce in the meantime? What would a truce gain? Could we trust you? Would you trust us? I suggest that we continue as we have, up to this particle of time. I agree. Sign off, Dora. Weeks went by, and during the weeks, the exchange of information continued without let-up. The aliens and humans traded information for information, and Dora sweated blood in her anxiety not to give any clue to the whereabouts of Earth. Dora sent the falsified star maps through the decoder, and in turn, the aliens presented a star map of their own before the visiplate. The nav officers labored over it, trying to figure out from what spot in the galaxy the stars and Milky Way would show such an angle. It baffled them. It was Dora who finally realized that the aliens had sent a mirror image of the faked map Dora had previously sent them. Dora could grin at that, she began to like the aliens. They were not human, but they had a very human sense of the ridiculous. What particle of time are the people on that ship at? The resting time. All rest except myself and others on alert duty. Same on this ship. You people of that ship are very similar in many ways. Do you have a family? I have a mate. I have a mate. And three offspring. It's too bad for them, as well as us, that we have to kill each other. This ship can't see any way out of it. Can that ship? If we could believe each ship, yes. Our chief would like it. But we can't believe you, and you're afraid that we do not tell the truth. Although we do. This ship would trail you home if this ship were able to. That ship would do the same, but this ship feels sorry about it. I believe you're a friend. 
I share your belief, and like you. But there is a possibility that you were put to make a trap for me. I will stop now and think it over. Just sit down, Dora. We're all under tension. <sighs> yes, sir. All right, now. I've read the complete transcript of your conversations with this one alien. What does it prove, Dora? Sir, these people are so much like us in their thinking. And, well, sir, they're likable. They're likable, and they breathe oxygen. Their air is 28% oxygen instead of 20. They could do very well on Earth. It'd be a highly desirable conquest for them, Dora. I'm as set as you are against violence, but I don't see any way out of this. And I think we've got to break the status quo. So, if in 70 hours we don't see any other way, then I have no other choice. I'll blow them to bits. Will that ship receive communications? This ship is listening. It seems to me better to communicate than to sit by the machine silently. I would have called you, but you signed off before. The problem goes around and around. I find no answer. Perhaps we could turn our thoughts to other things. The psychologist of this ship tells us that you people on that ship have a threshold of tolerance to tension. He tells us that you will be forced to take one action or another in a period of less than 100 time particles. I have no communication on this matter. Well, this ship is not trying to extract unwilling information from that ship. A truth is mentioned in passing. A report of this conversation will be carried to the chief of the ship. It would be so. We are prepared. If only the people of this ship could meet in direct contact with the people of that ship, it might be better. We could not communicate then. The communications machine is too large to carry from place to place. In direct contact, the peoples of the two ships would be further apart than now. That's true. I am sad. Much that is pleasant has passed between us. I am sad too. We are not ready for each other. No. We are not yet ready for each other. It's hard, isn't it, Dora? Oh, Captain! I'm sorry. I didn't know you were here, sir. I've been here quite a while. Eavesdropping, I'm afraid. It's all right, sir. Nothing can be personal in a situation like this. Yeah, that's right. How long is a hundred time particles, Dora? Pardon, sir? That reference he made to us not being able to stand tension is interesting. Their psychologists seem to make more of us than we do out of them, don't they? Yes, sir. They hit the nail right on the head. If they are telepathic, as we hypothesized, that sure gives them an advantage over us. I think, Dora, we'll just have to push up our timetable a bit. No further communication with aliens under any circumstances. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Sir... If they know so much about our psychology, isn't it possible that remark was intended to make us act more quickly? Probable, Dora. Probable. But why would they do that, sir? 
You tell me why, Dora. All of a sudden, I have an idea, sir. And it's crazy. It doesn't matter how crazy. At this point, I'll listen to it. Sir, I think these people are playing some kind of joke on us. A joke, Dora? Yes, sir. Over and over again, I've noticed what I think is a sense of humor. A highly developed sense of humor. Do you recall when we went to all the trouble to set up fictitious star maps? And then they just sent us back a mirror image of the same ones? It's almost like a buddy trying to pull a prank on us. I know people like that, but they know better if you have a gun pointed at them. You've seen practical jokers, Dora. Their jokes aren't always funny. Sometimes they hurt people. All departments, man instant alert. All departments, man instant alert. Report instantly. Weapons department alerted. Target the enemy ship. On target, sir. Fire. They're gone, sir. Not a single trace of them left. In fact, literally not a trace of them left. Not even any debris. So I guess that means... We can go home. Communications to Captain. Report. Sir, I'm picking up new signals. Same frequency as the original alien signals. That's impossible. The ship was destroyed. Regardless, I am receiving signals, sir. Set the machine up. We'll be down there in a minute. It's good to be on the way home. Yes, it's good. Do you suppose we'll ever figure out what happened to the other ship? Never. A blinding flash, and then they were gone. I suppose they couldn't figure a way out of the situation. And unstable people. They had no sense of humor to cope with the situation. They exploded themselves out of existence. They must have had powerful weapons to destroy themselves so completely. Yeah. What a shame. In a way, I grew to like them. This isn't meant for us, sir. I don't know what's happening, but I think we're overhearing a private conversation. I understand, Dora. Be quiet, will you? Many things might have come out of a relationship with that people. Yeah, they were describing a disease they call... cancer? I think it's similar to the Frogren syndrome. We might have helped them. They might have helped us, too. Well, too bad. We'll never find them again, I don't think. The odds of such a chance meeting in the vast space of the whole universe? There are no figures for such odds, are there? Turn it up, Dora. Turn it up louder. That's all there is, sir. The signal stopped there. Sir, I don't know how... But when we fired at them, we didn't destroy them. But based on the last alien communication, they believe we destroyed ourselves. Whatever happened, we're both undetectable to each other, at least on visual sensors. Captain to the engineering department. Halt forward motion. Captain, why are we stopping? Listen, Dora, you say they're invisible? All right, they are. 
But they're not destroyed because we just heard them. They're out there, somewhere. Undetectable. Well, you heard them, sir. They're heading for home. We're undetectable to them, too. How do you know, Dora? How do you know this whole thing isn't a setup? Well, suppose that's true, Captain. You heard their conversation. They weren't talking like any monstrous people. They seemed decent and warm. Just as decent and warm as we are. How do you know this conversation wasn't planted? Deliberately? Set up for us to hear? How do you know that, Dora? <sighs> yes, sir. You're right. They may be out there. And they may not. They may be telling the truth. Or they may be trying to trick us. They may be friends. Or they may be the most deadly enemies. You said they had a sense of humor, Dora. What a joke to play. To deliberately set up a situation where we couldn't know fact from fantasy, truth from lie. Wouldn't that be a joke, Dora? Yeah, but we don't know that they did that, sir. And we don't know that they didn't. We don't know anything. Sir, does that mean we never go home again? I don't know. I have to think about it. I have to think about it. This concludes the Auditory Entertainment's production of First Contact by Murray Leinster. If you have a suggested story in the public domain or an original work you wish to hear performed, please leave a comment or contact us at auditoryentertainments at gmail.com. You can also visit us at auditoryentertainments.com. Thank you for listening.